Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Futures Focus. This is a podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. I'm your host, Alex Sanchez. Joining me again after a week off, watching his Brewers clinch the NL Central, (laughs) David Gasper. Good to have you back, David. We missed you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I still kind of smell like champagne a little bit. Still a little bit buzzed from the celebration, Um, but uh, I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, I, I can't wait to taste that champagne. Hopefully, we uh, the Braves play the Phillies. This three-game set's going to come down to it. Um, so hopefully, I'll be tasting. Yeah. Well, either way, I'll be tasting champagne. It's just going to be either celebratory or a depressing. Yeah. Well, okay. The the champagne should only be celebratory. If it's not a beer, if you, if you don't end up winning it, that's going to be yeah, just either beer or get yourself yeah. some whiskey and just yeah, just drown the sorrows. Yeah, it doesn't even matter really at a certain point. You just need to get yeah. there. <laughs> but but champ but champagne, it's like that's that's a celebration alcohol. Yeah, you're you right. Know? Absolutely. That's hundred percent right. So we'll see what happens here. Uh the Braves are up to nothing as we record, so that's nice. I might be distracted from time to time. But we do have a good show for you as we reach the end of the actual baseball season. Uh, is coming up. Sad. Uh, quickly. We got some playoff ball oh, playoff baseball's fun though. You can't complain about that. That's uh, Oh yeah. That's some good times. But the minor league stuff's coming to a close, with which means we have some awards to hand out for the year. We're going to try to emulate sort of what they give out in the major league level. We have a Cy Young, an MVP. We have a comeback player of the year. We've added a most improved player. So we're going to give out some of those awards. And then we also are going to take a look at the voting that's taking place on Twitter right now. On If you follow the Prospects 1500 Twitter account, we are doing some voting this week about some of the best players of the year at uh, each position. So we'll go over that a little bit. Uh, Catcher and first base has pretty much been done with, um, but we're going to take a look at all the positions and kind of give you our thoughts. Of of course, not to bias any voters or anything, but to see uh, maybe where our thoughts are at and see what if we can predict the winners and whatnot. But um, let's go over the news and notes again. Pretty short, quick to the point here. Uh, Ronzi Contreras is being promoted, uh, kind of a, one of the last promotions I'd imagine. Uh, he is a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He's had a pretty decent year here, and he's going to come up and make a, a spot start here on Tuesday. Um, uh, I guess he would either start. Is he starting today or starting Wednesday? Excuse me. He's starting Wednesday against the Cubs. So probably his only start of the, the year, but we're going to get a little sneak preview on Contreras, uh, who's had a nice rise, 2.64 ERA this year. Only walking 5% of his batters, um, and he, you know, he was doing this at the AAA level. So clearly, he's he's very close to being ready. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ron Z Contreras? 21 years old, only six foot, 175. Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a, of a smaller guy uh, for them, but I mean, really, that, that's a really exciting addition for uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, they're they they really kind of got to get to their uh, prospects, get to their future. Uh, really been a, a pretty solid season for him. Not as much in, in terms of the counting stats. Only 58 innings this year uh, in 13 starts. So, he, you know, he hasn't been uh, going all season. Uh, but really been a, a really solid campaign. Spent most of the year in uh, in AA. Uh, but, I mean, 2.64 ERA uh, on the season. Um, he's someone that, you know, they, they, they have an opening there in Pittsburgh. And... You know, why not give him a shot? I mean, he, he's one of their top pitching prospects. So give him a shot, you know, see see what he can do. Yeah, he's, like he's mentioned, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but the stuff is electric. He's one of those guys that, prototypical 19-year-old, just throwing gas, high 90s with wipeout slider, and even developed a change up there. And now, you know, a couple years later, a little bit more refined. And if he learns how to pitch, I mean, that stuff's going to be absolutely fine. And, you know, it hasn't had... Too many injuries along the road here, and it's one thing I kind of worry about these shorter stature guys. But yeah, why not bring them up for a start? I mean, I don't know why more teams aren't doing this. I'm still kind of surprised at the amount of prospects not called up. Well, I shouldn't say surprised. Uh, ashamed is probably a better word. Well, I mean, if we had 40-man rosters, you know, if they expanded the active roster this September, then we absolutely would have. But when you only expanded two spots. 
you're you're going to get less prospects coming up. Yeah, and then we already had a you know with the baseball the way the contracts work and everything they're just it's just hard to get pushed up here at the end now regardless of how many guys I mean you could make it an 80 man roster and I don't think the Royals are still calling up Bobby or the Orioles are calling up Adley either way so uh, just a shame that you know baseball does this where like other sports you know they just go right away you get to see the best players play it's kind of obvious but that's baseball that's baseball uh <laughs> a couple other uh promotions i mean essentially uh, all the seasons are ended or ending quickly uh, one that i wanted to talk about was spencer strider talk about a guy again with a meteoric rise he's an atlanta braves pitcher um he got promoted to triple a and if you haven't heard of this guy i think we've talked about it maybe once or twice especially when we, we talked about the braves prospect but this guy is pretty unbelievable if you watch video of his stuff it's really really good stuff um he was picked in um the 2020 draft and uh, started out in high a this year so getting the promotion up to triple a i mean the strikeout potential is off the charts with this kid um he, he had 95 strikeouts in 63 innings at double a as a 22 year old i mean he's striking everybody out um, ERA was a little bit higher after he got the promotion, but this is a guy that all of a sudden is vying for a, a roster spot here next year, perhaps maybe in the bullpen, maybe even in the starting rotation. I mean, he's he's coming along much quicker than expected, and uh, I think you're going to see him. I know I ranked him in my top 100. Um, I'm not sure if you're done with your top 100 or not, but maybe you can. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> Not even close. He did make my top 100. Now he's on the, you know, the back end, maybe in the, I think I had him at 75, 80s in that range. But um, any thoughts on Spencer Strider? I know I probably uh, have, you know, been following him a little bit closer than you have. But um, what do you, what's your take on him? I mean, th- this is a guy. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I just pulled up his numbers now. He's made it pretty much through all the levels of the minor league system. You say he just got called up to AAA here at the end. Yes. That's like his yeah. Reward. He started in low A this season. Yeah. Then he went up to high A. Then to double A. Spent the bulk of his time there. Now he's up in triple A. He's been at every single level of the farm system this season, and he's you know he's worked his way up. You know, just 22 years old. Um, you know, fourth rounder last year, starting literally at the bottom, and now he's here uh, in in triple A. So that's someone that's um, when you move up that many levels that quickly. That's going. That's a, a really big sign. Yeah, he throws really, really hard. He's kind of that I'm gonna get you out, no matter what type of mentality on the mound. Where it's just, it's just you wouldn't want to mess with him. Let's just say that. So uh, good to see that. I, you know, we'll see what he we where he starts next year. I'd imagine he'll start starting AAA next year and, and probably gets promoted at some point. You know, with the way injuries work and everything like that. So. Um, another pitcher getting promoted to the big leagues this time, Matt Brash for the Seattle Mariners. I'll let you talk about him a little bit more as I kind of stole the show there on Strider. Um, he's making his MLB uh, debut. He's probably going to be as a reliever here to start, but uh, 23-year-old right-hander, pretty insane stats as well if you go over um, his outlook. And he, like Strider started you know, at high A to begin the year, and he's making the jump up to the big leagues. So Quite a big rise for him. But um, what are your thoughts on Matt Brash, Seattle Mariners right-hander? The Seattle Mariners got Matt Brash as a player to be named later in the trade for Taylor Williams. Reliever Taylor Williams hmm. netted this dude who has been on – I've seen him on Pitching Ninja a couple times now. Um, he's, he's just – I mean, yeah, you mentioned the numbers. Have you seen the video of his stuff? His stuff is amazing. It is moving and darting all over the place. Electric movement, electric stuff. Uh, and, and he's just been phenomenal this year um, in AA Arkansas. I mean, 10 starts, 2-1-3 ERA, um, 80 strikeouts in 55 innings. I mean, it, it's really just been phenomenal stuff for him. Um, you know, whether he stays as a starter um, or not, you know, we'll we'll kind of see down the road and, and kind of how things fill out there in that uh, rotation. But I mean, he's got uh, he's got pitches. You know, he he's got a, a changeup, he's got a slider, a curveball, uh, he's got a mid 90s fastball. Um, you know, plenty of movement. Um, so if he's able to kind of keep the command uh, pretty well, 
um, and, and kind of have a, a solid repeatable delivery, then I think he could stick as a starter. He's, he's got the chance to, um, and he's just got electric stuff, man. So it's really going to be uh, big on that Mariners pitching development program if they're able to get him to reach his potential uh, because it's it's extremely high. And how they got him uh, for Taylor Williams uh, is is amazing to me. Yeah, uh, I remember get, watching him get drafted, and uh, as a you know, he was with the Padres, of course, and I I wrote him off as a reliever. I just didn't think he could stay in the rotation. So what the Mariners have done is is truly kind of special, and I think you're touching on that there. Like if he can make this transition, I mean, the stuff had always been there. It's definitely playing up better now than I remember it when he was first drafted. I remember him in kind of the you know, the low 90s and. Just, you know, a little wild. It was a fourth round pick. I was excited about it, but nothing, you know, too, too crazy. Um, at the time, it didn't seem like it was much to give up. But what a what a development and what a, a scouting job by the Mariners there. And just more and more stuff. And I mean, the Mariners are doing well at the major league level this year. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a game and a half uh, out of that wild card right now. I they're think. definitely ahead of schedule. And uh, they're on like house money right now. I mean, they have you, at the beginning of the year, you realistically speaking they probably would have not said they were contenders and to be already where they're at now with the guys coming up and uh you know yeah julio rodriguez isn't even there yet and julio coming up uh, yeah just imagine if those two guys continue to uh progress and kelnick you know kelnick's actually turned it around here a little bit um i mean don't look at the average and that sort of stuff batting average is an outdated stat remember that the the counting stats are pretty impressive this last month so um, and I don't think Julio is going to have anywhere yeah. near the struggles. That but but just kind of imagine a, a potential future Mariners rotation with, yeah. I mean, what you got Marco Gonzalez over there. You got Logan Gilbert, put Matt Brash, Emerson Hancock, George Kirby in there. I mean, that's, that's quite the group. Yeah. And plus in the outfield, Julio Kelnick, um, Kyle Lewis. I mean, you still got Mitch Hanniger around there. I mean, oof. Yeah, I think that you yeah. know the the Giants and the Mariners are kind of the two teams that um, they're mirror images of each other. I mean, obviously the Giants have done much better than the Mariners this year. Um, to the point yeah. where like I still don't understand. The, the, the Giants have done much better than pretty much everybody this year. Well, the, I mean, yes, everybody technically. Yes. Um, Best record my, in baseball. My point isn't so much like whether or not they're for real, which I mean, I, at this point they are right. But I mean, yeah. the point is they have their minor league system intact ready to go and i mean they have a top five guy you know multiple yeah. top 25 unlike guys. the padres uh yeah so know. they did the opposite um yeah. and so i think the mariners and the giants are probably two of the teams in the best position right now as we end the regular season heading into 2022 and beyond i mean next five years just uh very yeah. very jealous of those those two teams. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean they they, they definitely got uh, something going on, and I think we got to talk here about your Padres and, and their system. I mean, there's been a lot of news going on over there. The farm director's gone. A lot of the yeah. scouts uh, are gone, and, and they're just kind of shuffling a whole lot of things around. Their international scouting director is now going to be covering both international and domestic amateur scouting. Um, what, what's kind of your thoughts on everything that's been going around with the shuffling of the Padres front office and their and their minor league development staff? I, I mean, I feel like there's going to be just a huge shuffle from top to bottom, and it just happens to start with the minor league guys because that season's over. Uh, I imagine in a few weeks we'll get news of a lot of people being let go um, at the major league level. Um, it's just a huge disappointment for this team. Uh, and a lesson of out of all the sports to go all in baseball is probably the one that you shouldn't do it the most. I mean, you can go all in in basketball and you can, you can steal a championship in football. You can go all in, you know, on a Tom, I mean, you're not developing prospects like you are in these other sports in football. Um, and then, you know, who knows about hockey, but, uh, (laughs) in baseball, like if you go all in and then something just goes wrong, like. (laughs) <laughs> or like all your pitching ball. gets hurt. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then you, there's nothing left. And so that's what, what happened. I don't see why it's the minor leagues 
development players fault right now. I mean, you traded all the good ones away and your best one got hurt and the other one like forgot how to pitch. So yeah. and Abrams and Gore. So I don't know how, what you but just, just imagine, just, just imagine where the Padres team would be if Mackenzie Gore was fully normal, like this entire time and was just ready to go like at, like yeah. at triple A ready to go. Imagine where they'd be. Cause they would have called on him for sure by now. And he would have been something to help out in that rotation if he was so, what we were expecting. That one, I think, has to fall on the development. Like, if you talk to yeah. C.J. Abrams and you're like, well, imagine if C.J. Yeah, Abrams you, would have been up. But he got hurt and it was a freak thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't fault anyone for yeah, Abrams. But Mackenzie Gore, something went wrong there. Something is – well, I can't wait to find out the whole story eventually. You it's might not be, ever find out the full story on that one. Something there. I mean, he's he's coming back now. I mean, he's – getting there but again like you said it doesn't help him now that's a huge one yeah that's a huge one and um probably you know if that doesn't happen maybe maybe they you know some jobs are saved but yeah you know i I think what where everything really went wrong for the padres was the day they traded hudson head yes out of their system (laughs) clearly that is the problem idiots Even though Joe Musgrove has been pretty phenomenal. <laughs> He's been the only trade that's like worked out like just super well, I think. See, the thing is, when Hudson got traded, I, I just know this is fact. Yeah, he just, he, you know, he mailed it in. That's why you look at his stats. You're like, oh, Alex Sanchez, <laughs> idiot. He doesn't know anything. But if Hudson Head would have stayed with the Padres, we would have been looking at, you know, a top 10 prospect at this point. But they ruined his okay. career and then they ruined their season at the same time. So clearly the worst move of all time. Clearly. Clearly, no doubt about it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take a break here. I think this is where uh, when we start getting a little bit off the deep end, <laughs> it's a good time for a break. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to dish out some awards, see if we agree. I'm guessing we probably don't, but you never know. And we'll talk about some of the uh, best position prospects uh, that we saw for 2021. So we'll be right back. this. Focus podcast brought to you by Prospects 1500. Alex Sanchez, David Gasper joining you. And we have some end of the season awards to hand out. And we're going to give out a few here. Um, we'll go over the, uh, the the categories here, and then we'll just kind of rotate, I suppose. So, um, And then afterwards, like I said, we're going to mention some of the other positions and the voting that's going on on Twitter. We, we hope you're a part of and, and cast your vote so we can get you know what the people think we're interested in that of course but uh, let's start out with our awards uh, we have the Cy Young we have the most valuable player we have comeback player and for this comeback player means you had to have been a top prospect that kind of fell off there maybe last year um, or 2019 or whatever and then you've come back right you you can't be a comeback player if you were never there in the first place so um I'm mentioning that because we also are going to have a most improved, which means maybe you were never there, right? <laughs> you were, uh, but this year you took a big jump. So we got the comeback player of the year and most improved. And we're going to go ahead and pick two for the big ones, two for the Cy Young and two for the MVP. And then we'll pick one for comeback and most improved just to try to hit as many as we can without, you know, giving everybody a award. We're not Oprah over here, right? <laughs> we're going to make you earn it. So uh, let's start with, uh, we'll go from, uh, the we'll save the big awards for the last. So we'll we'll start with the most improved player, and I'll go ahead and uh, mention my guy here. This is a guy that you know wasn't even on my radar, and he was legit probably eligible for MVP based on his stats. And you know I I, I challenge you to find a better stat line than than this guy uh, minus the stolen bases. I mean he's not going to give you many stolen bases, but this is Jose Miranda for the Minnesota Twins. A guy that was, like I said, wasn't even on my radar. He's a 23-year-old. And, you know, to be honest, he hasn't had terrible seasons, but just nothing like this. <laughs> you know, he's going to end the year batting 340, and this is at AAA and AA. Um, he's going to hit 340 over a 400 on-base percentage. He's going to uh, have a 29 home runs, 
92 RBIs, and this guy is ready. I'm, I'm just actually shocked that they didn't call him up this year. I feel like with this sort of ascension and uh, what he was doing in Double A to get the promotion, and then what he did in Triple A, like he's got it. Like give him a shot and see if you have something for next year. Because now, you know, who knows with the offseason, you get a shot. Maybe he isn't what we think he is, but you know. Anyway, that's for another conversation. I do want to nominate this guy for the most improved player, um, Jose Miranda, Minnesota Twins third baseman. Anything to add to your thoughts on Jose? I do not. I uh, think you've said it perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, just to finish off there, um, you know, I, I I don't know where to rank him too much. Like, I'm so confused on this guy because a year ago, I, I probably couldn't even tell you who he was. Um, and now I think I, I I'll pull up my list here in a second and tell you exactly where he's at. But, um, you know, top top 40 prospect now, top 30 prospect, uh, pretty sensational for a guy that, you know, nobody probably had heard of up until maybe Twins fans had heard of him. But um, who do you got for your most improved player of the year for 2021? So my most improved guy is someone that uh, I, I've seen a couple times and uh, maybe have a little bit more attachment to. You can call it a homer pick if you want. I really don't care. But with what this guy has done this season to improve his prospect stock has been absolutely incredible. And that's Joey Weimer of the Brewers system. Outfielder, uh, a massive human being at six foot five, and he's listed at 215, but he's built more like 240. Absolutely jacked. Looks like he can chop down trees uh, in a single swing. And he swings hard enough to try to. I mean, he literally swings as hard as anyone I have ever seen swing a bat. It is, it is insane how hard he swings and how hard of contact he makes. Three home runs shy of the 30-30 club. 27 homers on the year. 30 stolen bases. Ends up hitting 295, an on-base percentage over 400, and an OPS of 958 across low A and high A. And just on an absolute tear uh, to end the season, I mean, just in high A alone, after he got promoted there in uh, early August, his final 34 games, he hit 14 home runs. And stole eight bases, hit 336 with an OPS of 1146 in high A. He got better after getting promoted to a higher level. I mean, this is a guy who did not even hit 295 in college. Like, like when he was drafted, he was hitting like 250, 260. And the big thing with, with him, with, with Joey Weimer, is that he had a, like, they, they made a massive change. Uh, maybe not massive change, but they, they had to kind of overhaul his swing a little bit because he had so much movement. He had a massive leg kick, so much arm movement, all this, so many moving parts. Uh, he was laid on everything. And what the Brewers did is they took out the leg kick, instituted a toe tap instead as a timing mechanism. And since then, he's been on time and he's been absolutely raking. And it's... He's been able to tap into that immense raw power that he has. He has a cannon for an arm uh, out in right field. I mean, he, he was voted the best arm in low A East uh, by the by the low A East managers this year. Uh, so he's a fantastic defensive outfielder, uh, plenty of power, plenty of speed. Uh, he's got quite the tool set here. Um, and as long as he can kind of keep that hit tool going and and hit enough and make enough contact to make use of that power uh, and that speed, he's really bumped up his stock and he's really kind of put himself into consideration uh, for certainly the top 10 on the Brewers list. Um, But uh, he could be getting somewhat, if he continues this next year, he could be close to top 100 uh, consideration. I know my mid season top 50 uh, had him a bit further down, but that was unfortunately like right in like the first like three days of this hot stretch that he went on starting in like late July and going through the rest of the season. So it's like, Oh, is this legit or is this a, a cool week? But it turned out to be legit. And now I'm going to have to massively update uh, my top 50 uh, next time. A couple things here that I wanted to add on really quickly. Cause again, you, you did a great job with that scanning report, but number one, I think that 
he is a guy that when you see the tools and then you see the college he goes to, the chance that, you know, professional development from, you know, any team, but, you know, the Brewers are especially apparently pretty good lately at developing some of these guys is that like, you know, a massive change like that, like you said, from the the kick to the toe tap could make a huge difference and it's sustainable, right? I mean, it's not like he got lucky, but there was a correlation with he made a change and then we had some great results. So when you see these guys with these tools and, you know, he went to Cincinnati, um, not generally a, a huge baseball. It's, it's not a powerhouse, no. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, who knows what the coach is, is preaching over there. But when you get to like the professional ranks with, you know, everything is centered around that. You don't go to class. You don't, you know, do anything besides baseball for six months. So you can have some killer results. Uh, but yeah, like you said, not quite a top 100 guy for me. I think he would probably fit in around the 125 range. Yeah, um, he, he's not there yet. He's getting he's getting awfully close. He's got to repeat it. I think that's the big thing. And yeah. we'll see that next year. And, you know, he is a little older for the level. Um, so but. OK, he, he's fine. he was we're, just we're drafted out of college, man. You know, that's what I'm saying. We don't care about that here. Um, I'm, I'm saying somebody might argue about that, but we don't care about that. So uh, an excellent choice. Um, a huge breakout for him again. Didn't see this coming at all. Yeah. Uh, and, and and another key stat on kind of the sustainability of the bat here. He had 105 strikeouts in just about 400 at bat. So about a 25 percent K rate. Um, and really, um, you know, that's not bad, especially considering his effortful swing, his max effort swing. And the way he really kind of goes for power, the fact that he wasn't striking out at a, you know, 30, 35, 40% clip, I, I think that's a pretty positive sign as well. Yeah. And both of these guys, Miranda, uh, by the way, I have Miranda at 45 on my top 100 list, if anybody cares about that. We'll talk about that more detail in the upcoming weeks. But um, I think that, you know, Miranda, I picked up in a league for free and Weimer, I also picked up in another league for free. I mean, these are guys that you can all of a sudden have huge assets that you could have picked up for free. And those are some of our favorite players when it comes to dynasty. So um, let's move on then to our most, uh, our comeback player of the year. So again, a little different here in that, you know, Miranda and Weimer had never really shown this ever. um, And then kind of broke out. That could be, you know, a breakout player of the year, if if you want to call it that, but the comeback players, I thought a little bit more specific in that there was, a time where you maybe thought this guy was a top prospect and uh, had a disastrous year and uh, kind of got written off and now has come back here strong in 2021. So my pick here is Nick Prado, the first baseman for the Kansas City Royals, who in 2018, as a 19-year-old in low A, hit 280 with 14 home runs and, of course, uh, was always known for excellent defense and also chipped in 22 stolen bases as a first baseman. So this was a guy that a lot of fantasy people were excited about in 2018. And then 2019 hit, and it was a disaster. Just one level up at high A, hit 191 for 472 plate appearances with nine home runs. Just a disaster. And I think at that point, um, you know, in addition to a 2020 year that was written off due to the pandemic, people just forgot about him. I mean, didn't even, maybe didn't forget about him, but like didn't want to know about him. They just wrote him off entirely. And then this year after the year off, you know, huge year promoted all the way up to triple A after starting out in double A as a monster with 15 home runs in double A. He has 19 home runs in triple A um, for a total of 24 on the year. He's even chipping in those stolen bases at first base, which is going to be extraordinary if he can chip in 10 to 15 as a first baseman while hitting 30 home runs. Um, the on-base percentage is strong. RBIs are good. And uh, this Kansas City Royals lineup looks to be pretty strong by the time he's getting up there with the Bobby Witt and some of the other guys that are already up there in, in Salvi and, of course, MJ Melendez coming up as well. So this is a guy that uh, you know I picked up in a dynasty league, not the deepest one, but he was out there. Um, and, uh, you know, I always liked him before the, this breakout season in, in 2018. So I was hoping for something like this, and it, it exactly happened. So Nick Prado, a guy that uh, very, very hot right now. <laughs> he's, as Zoolander might say, he's so hot right now. Or I guess Zoolander didn't say that. Um, well, Farrell said that. Who, uh, whatever. Anyway, he's so hot right <laughs> now, Nick Prado. Um, and I had him, uh, so I pulled this up for Prado. Let me find him all the way up to, uh, I had him at 52, which is probably actually pretty 
um, high or low, whatever you want to say. Uh, I'm probably lower. Right in the middle. Yeah, some other people I've seen him, you know, a top 20, top 30 guy already. So Nick Prado, my comeback player of the year. You can add anything uh, you would want to, or if if that's good enough, we can move on to your player. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first baseman. I mean, there's, you know, the the positional value there um, is only going to be so much. But yeah, I mean, just a, a huge comeback season for him. And I mean, for a lot of guys like that, where I mean, you know, they got the big power. The question is about the bats. And I mean, when you get to uh, high A and you struggle like he did, um, I mean, that's really kind of uh kind of tough and and it, it just kind of seems like okay like it's just it's not going to happen uh, but then he comes back this year and, and he's got it going again got it working so uh really great to see great for him um and um hopefully he can uh kind of do that and, and kind of help that next royals core with uh my comeback prospect of the year a fellow Kansas City Royals prospect in MJ Melendez was in consideration for the MVP. Um, but I mean, there's, there's been a lot of really good uh, Royals prospects uh, seasons this year. Um, but MJ Melendez has just been phenomenal uh, this season. Um, left-handed hitting catcher. And in 2019, he hit a buck 63 with a 571 OPS uh, nine homers, and it was just he, – he seemed kind of, you know, dead in the water a little bit. 165 strikeouts <laughs> and 363 at-bats. Oops. What were they doing in Kansas City? That guy should have got fired, not the Padres guy in 2019. Did the Padres hire that yeah. guy who got fired, perhaps? That has to be true, yeah. Yeah. Was, good job, Kansas City. Yeah. But, but yeah, either way, so whatever they've done – uh, with Prado and Melendez has been phenomenal because they were both hitting um, under 200 in a ball uh, in, in the Carolina league in 2019. And then this year it's been amazing. Prado had his year and now Melendez hitting 284 uh, with an OPS over a thousand 41 home Insane. runs on Insane. the season. And in more at bats, he's got, let's see about, uh, 65, 70 more at bats. He has 55 less strikeouts, that's 55 cute. fewer strikeouts. Excuse me. Got, yep, got, got heavy. Right there. Yeah. Correct grammar. But yeah, cut down on the strikeouts, obviously making a lot more contact, getting more hits, uh, drawing a lot more walks because he's obviously a threat as a hitter, um, and getting a whole bunch more home runs. So that's, it, it's just been a phenomenal season for Melendez, and he has certainly vault, vaulted himself back into the top 100. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Melendez, I think I had him in the 60s, and just great to have. The only worry I have with him is, like, the, what are they going to do in Kansas City? I mean, Salvi just himself broke the all-time record for home runs as a catcher, so I think he's doing just fine. What, what is it with with catchers hitting bombs over there? Like they, catch, yeah, I thought catchers were just supposed to frame now. And if you yeah. if, if you got them hitting 250, it was a bonus. No, just in Kansas City, apparently, because <laughs> those are two great power hitting catchers that they're going to have there. So I went, and then, you know, if Prado is up and ready, that's your first baseman. I don't know. Maybe Melendez or can I guess you have a DH, too. And catchers can always play third. Right. And Russell Martin. <laughs> They, they could do that. But uh, anyway, that's a problem. That's fine to have. You don't mind having that problem. So a great choice. Again, I don't know what happened in 2019 for the Royals. Um, they tried to ruin some of their best prospects, but they uh, they fought through it. Whoever that coach is in, in high A is the problem, I think, because the double A coach and the triple A coach, they're doing just fine. So a uh, great choice there. Let's move on to uh, the high ticket items here. The Cy Young and the MVP. We both picked two for each. I've started the topic here for the comeback and most improved, so I'll go ahead and give it to you. Why don't you give me one of your Cy Youngs and one of your MVPs, and I'll do the same, and then we'll uh, we'll repeat. Yeah. All right. Um, so for me, uh, for for one of my Cy Youngs here, um, I'm gonna. I, I feel like we're gonna end up uh, looking at a lot of the same organizations um, throughout this list. Um, but I'm going to the Miami Marlins 
And I'm going with the third overall pick in the 2020 MLB draft. Max Meyer uh, has been phenomenal for the Marlins uh, this season. 21 starts, 2.38 ERA. Um, just been a, a really, really strong season. Um, he's, he's struck out 123 in 106 innings. Um, and he's someone that's really kind of pushed himself up the ladder. I mean, yeah, he was, he was a college pitcher, uh, coming out last year, started in double a, uh, has already worked his way up to triple a, um, and could be in my, in Miami soon, um, probably next year. Uh, at some point. So it's, you know, I, I, I think he's been uh, electric this season and I, I think he's certainly deserving a consideration. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We actually kind of downplayed Meyer um, last week when you weren't here, but you, I think what's happened is that, you know, we were so excited for him that we wanted to see the big gaudy strikeout numbers and that just didn't happen. And so we kind of, you know, we talked about the disappointment in that. But when you look at the overall picture, um, there is a lot to like here. And I think what really separates this is the start that he had in AAA, which was, you know, his debut there as a 22-year-old. And he went five innings and struck out 10. Um, so there's the strikeout potential that I, I was hoping for and wanting to see. So if we can see more of that, we're going to be just fine with Max Meyer. So I'm going to actually stay in the organization. And uh, with another Marlins pitcher, actually, and this is a guy. Oh, my God. We, yeah, I know. It's stupid Marlins. <laughs> that we can maybe even um, talk for the most improved because he came out of nowhere. And that's Yuri Perez, an 18-year-old doing insane things. And this is where the strikeout total gets for me because he made the jump uh, to high A. But in low A, he had 82 strikeouts in 56 innings with a 1.61 ERA. Um, insane body type here. This is where, I mean, I guess we shouldn't do projections for awards like that. And that is obviously you would never do that in real life in the majors. But for me, a six foot eight left uh, right hander doing this thing at 18 years old is just better than the Max Meyer six foot, you know, uh, smaller type of guy. So I, I'm excited about Yuri Perez. The fact that you could get him for free at a certain point in a lot of leagues. And uh, you know what's crazy? If you're playing in a CBS Dynasty League, he's still not even in the player pool yet. <laughs> oh, wow. That's probably more of an indictment to CBS than anything. But this is a guy <laughs> that I think people are going to have huge uh, in their top 100 list when that comes out. Um, I have him. Well, let me see where I have him at really quick. I had Meyer at 30, so I'm definitely not low on him either. But I have Yuri Perez at 80, so a um, lot to like here. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're talking Marlins pitchers here. That's nice to be a, a Marlins fan and if, if these guys can hit up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Perez, I mean, the, the things he's doing at 18, I mean, when I was 18 and, and pitching at 6'8", um, a very scrawny six foot eight. So, I mean, we were probably around the same weight, same, same height, same weight. Um, I'm throwing about 25 miles an hour slower, um, with nowhere near as nasty of stuff or command, um, struggling to get out high school hitters. And this dude is getting out guys in high a, um, so, Slight difference in the talent level. That's also why I am sitting here uh, recording a podcast with you and not playing baseball at the moment. Dude, I'm 34 and I'm still not six foot eight. <laughs> Dude, shockingly, the height, like it, it doesn't just come with age. You know, everyone's like, oh, you're so tall. Like, I'd assume you'd be much older. It's like, what? like <laughs> as you get older, you just keep on getting taller. That, that's not how it works. I wish it did. That would be sweet. I would have something to look forward to here. But um, yeah, so two Marlins pitchers there for the Cy Young. Um, let's move on to uh, an MVP. And I'll go ahead and start with my guy here. Um, we're going back to the Royals organization. Um, as we talked, you know, we were envious of the Mariners and the Giants earlier in the episode. But we definitely have to be envious of the Royals as well. Because if these guys continue with their development, and do what they what we think they can do. Um, they're going to be pretty special. And to me, that's Bobby Witt Jr. Just incredible. The we, we've talked about this guy so much. I don't even know what's left to say that I could <laughs> not sound redundant at this point. 
He's my number one prospect in my top 100 list. I love shortstops. He's got the, I mean, I, I feel like I'm just a broken record at this point. To me, an obvious MVP candidate. Um, I, I, do you have anything else to add to the Bobby Witt? narrative at this yes, point yes I, I second the bobby wood yeah. uh mvp vote uh that that oh, was excellent. yeah that that was uh uh one of my mvps as well i mean j- just the stuff that that he's done this season i mean how how could he not 33 home runs 29 stolen bases uh, 95 rbis uh hitting 295 with a 953 ops i mean it, it's just been uh nuts uh, what he's done, and he he has to be uh, an, an MVP in, in the minor leagues this season, and we'll hopefully see him uh, soon in 2022 with the Royals. Um, he's he's proven just about all he can uh, down there in AAA. I mean, he got promoted to AAA midway through the season in 59 games there. He's got 17 homers, hitting 295, um, and 15 stolen bases. And 24 doubles as well. So he's doing extremely well. Um, and it's, he, he's done all he can ask. And to be in AAA as a 21-year-old, um, that the, the future is just so bright with this kid. Yeah, I can't miss. You can put whatever adjective you want on this guy, that any, and it's not going to be good enough. Um, what really gets me the last, the last thing we – I want to say that I don't think maybe we've touched on before is that opposite field power with him. I, I, you know, I always, of course, number two overall pick, you, you always had high hopes for, for what he could become, but I didn't know how easy he could just drive the ball to the opposite field. And it seems like I'm watching some of these highlights that he's fooled on these pitches, reacts, counter reacts and adjusts mid pitch and then somehow hits it out to right field. And that's just like, super elite unbelievable stuff so kid special he's very Absolutely. very special. he's going to be your number one too right yeah yes he he is currently number one uh on on my list yes we'll have to see if uh, everybody else agree I, I imagine he probably is number one i don't know how um you can make a case i mean i guess you can make cases but legitimately i don't know how you couldn't put him number one um all right let's head back to uh the cy youngs i'll let you go ahead and lead this one so who do you got as your second or cy young or i guess the runner-up cy young if you will yes my runner-up cy young i I think he certainly would have um uh, could have been the first one for sure if uh he had the full season but he had a a finger strain uh that kind of popped up that, that kept him out of pitching for a little bit um but ethan small um, and his starts this season has been absolutely lights out, like bonkers level lights out. In 17 games, in 17 starts, Ethan Small has a 1.87 ERA. In his minor league career, it, he has a 1.64 ERA. That, that's his entire minor league career. This dude has been electric every step of the way. He has not looked overmatched at any level. He has not really struggled at any level. The only issue that he had, the, the only struggle that he had was a, a fluke finger strain that popped up that kept him out of pitching for a few weeks. Probably, but, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and, and for him, I mean, uh, crashing this Brewers rotation is going to be uh, interesting. Um, especially since, you know, Aaron Ashby has vaulted himself up there. Another uh, big prospect who would have been put in consideration had he not been, you know, called up to the big leagues uh, to do stuff there. Um, but it, it's just insane what Small does when he's on the mound. An absolute competitor, a bulldog through and through, and not not just because he was uh, at Mississippi State, uh, where he was a bulldog, but he is a, he is a legit bulldog out on the mound. Uh, just an incredible uh, dude to watch pitch, um, and he's just lights out, just absolutely lights out. Um, and he's he's deserving of it. You know, he, even though he missed that time with with that injury, a 1.87 ERA, you don't see that often. 
Yeah, and Rick Mayhew was on last week with his pars list, which if you haven't listened to that episode, please do so. That list is fantastic and something to really dive deep into and, and look at some of the guys that hit that list. And one of the guys that, you know, we're talking about, Ethan Small, uh, he compared to kind of like a uh, Clayton Kershaw, but like a current Clayton Kershaw, you know, like what he's mm. currently doing now, which would be a great outcome for Ethan Small, no doubt. So I mean, uh, I, I I certainly wouldn't complain about any of them being compared to Clayton Kershaw. No, even even current Kershaw is pretty darn good. So when you're getting that type of comp at this at this point, Ethan Small, a great great choice. Um, my Cy Young runner up to me was an obvious choice. In fact, the Yuri Perez was the one I had to think about, and because there's so many that uh, had some phenomenal seasons, but there was one guy that was ranked highly. And if you want to talk about never experiencing struggles, it's this guy. Um, it's Grayson Rodriguez. I think undoubtedly the number one pitching prospect in the minors right now. And uh, as a guy who doesn't really like pitching prospects, I have him number 24 overall. So that shows you how good this guy is, at least in my mind right now. And, and that's, there you go. again, a guy that, that hates pitching prospects in terms of dynasty rankings and stuff like that. But what a year for him. Um, he got up to double A this year, where he spent most of the time. Uh, he's going to have a sub three ERA. The strikeouts are just incredible. Again, he had 121 in 79 innings at double A. And this is what he's been doing his entire career. He's on a great trajectory. It's not like they're rushing him. Or, I mean, it's the Orioles. They don't rush anybody over there. But he's going to uh, be up in triple A next year, I'd imagine, and be knocking on the door. This guy is phenomenal. Everything you want in a frontline starter, six foot five, 220, flamethrower from Texas. The only thing is that, you know, he's an Orioles prospect. That'd be the only yeah. knock. And that's not even his fault because that's the Orioles screwing up things so much in the past. The reputation precedes him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Grayson Rodriguez, G Rod, um, nothing gray about his future in my mind. He's going to be a stud through and through. And he's your Cy Young runner up for me. Or my Cy Young, I guess. Where is he? I don't even know what my runner-up is. You can do whatever, man. Yeah, whatever. It's our show. He's going to be my Cy Young. <laughs> Grayson Rodriguez. Gray, Grayson Rodriguez is awesome. Let's just put it at that. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, no, I mean, just just the numbers, man. 161 strikeouts in 103 innings allowed just 27 walks. That, like, that, like, that's a very important stat because – like like command is key. Like if you're going to be successful as a starter in the big leagues, you got to limit those walks. If you want to get to a Cy Young level, you got to you got to limit those walks. And he has done an excellent job of that. He's thrown um, nine more innings than last year and has nine fewer walks than last year well, uh, or 2019, I should say. But Which, you you get the point. Yeah, I mean. He's he's going to be a frontline starter at this point, and you know injuries is the only thing that can stop him. And he he's been very very durable so far. Um, yeah, he's amazing. He's going to be amazing. Um, all right, let's go to our last MVP vote here. That we do differ on this one a little bit. Um, so I think the Bobby Witt choice is, is just so obvious. But uh, this one definitely you could go all over the place. I mean, granted, this is not. <laughs> super scientific in any way shape or form we're just picking guys that we thought had great seasons and are our top prospects at this point so if you disagree um i don't blame you but uh, i'm going to give you my pick here and we'll hear from you david as well so it's going to be anthony volpe for the new york yankees a mm. 20 year old shortstop who in in 2019 uh you know kind of disappointing hitting 215 in a short sample size but in this year just out of the gate just electric in uh, at the middle infield position. He's going to end up with tw uh, 27 home runs and 33 stolen bases. I mean, this is Bobby Witt Jr. Um, as a 20-year-old, <laughs> essentially, down in high A and low A. Um, he, he's doing almost exactly what Bobby Witt did now, granted, at a lower level, but still two years younger. So if we have another Bobby Witt Jr. on our hands, this guy is going to continue to rise up. Um, I don't know where you're going. I'm very interested in where you're going to have him. Um, and I know you're not done with your list, but he made it up to 22 for me on my top 100 list, which, um, again, at the beginning of the season is unthinkable, I think, for a lot of people. And now it's like, is that too low for Anthony Volpe? So 
great, great prospect, great, great season, has everything you want for me, middle infielder, speed, power, hit tool, on-base percentage, Yankees prospect even. I mean, you can check that box as well. So he's my uh, co-MVP with Bobby Wood Jr., two shortstops for me. Yeah, yeah that's a very good choice. I mean, it, it's been a it's been a great season for, for Volpe. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I'm going to go in a, in a little bit of a – of a different direction. Um, and I'm going to kind of uh, change it up here and I'm going to head uh, actually back out to Seattle uh, and I'm going to go Julio Rodriguez. Um, he's hitting 362 in double A with, with seven homers and, and 16 stolen bases overall in the season. He's hitting 347 with an on base percentage of 441 um slugging 560 uh 20 plus stolen bases uh 13 homers i mean just such a really good hitter man well-rounded player great speed uh great bats uh showcasing the power uh a little bit i mean there, there's certainly more in there um and a great defender in the outfield uh just a phenomenal player and to do all this at 20 years old in double a uh, young for the level. Now, now we actually are, are worried about age for the level, but young for the level. Young's uh, okay. and, and he's doing that. But yeah, it, it, it's been something special for him. Um, and to and to do it all, I mean, he's he's limited the strikeouts extremely well. He's drawn a lot of walks. Um, just really good plate discipline. Really good hitter. Uh, the power is there. The power is showing up more more and more each day. The speed is already there. Um, just with, with what he's done, I mean, he's he's obviously put himself in consideration uh, to be the the number one prospect um, baseball. I, I still say it's Bobby Witt Jr., uh, but Julio I think is right there at number two. Julio is essentially becoming Wander Franco at this point with the on base percentage and the insane strikeout to. There's walk worse Mexico. guys to be. <laughs> um. <laughs> And the speed as well. I mean, this is the one thing that always held him back in a lot of people's eyes. Uh, he stole one base in 2019 uh, at those lower levels, which, you know, if anything, you steal more bases at those lower levels and then it goes down. But whatever he did, if it was working on jumps and reads or even trying to add a little bit of that explosive first step, getting that 21 stolen bases this year to go along with that on-base percentage, which all you have to say is 461, 20-year-old, double-A. I mean, that's Wander Franco, and that's essentially it. I mean, nobody does that. So such a good indicator of future success and a great choice for MVP. And again, the, the only reason why we don't have that, you know, 30 home runs that we see from some of these other guys is that, you know, he was playing the Olympics trying to win a medal there for his country. So can't hold yeah. that against him there. And uh, definitely a guy that I think going to be uh, either number one or two on every single list you see moving forward in uh, the offseason. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Beautiful. We have a few minutes left here. So uh, without getting into too much detail about some of these names, I do want to transition over to the the cool thing we do here on Prospects 1500 at the end of the year. And that is our Twitter poll that we put up for position minor league player of the year. So if you're not following myself or David or Prospects 1500, please do that now. Of course, that's great. We love it. And uh, get on there and vote. You're going to see uh, these polls coming out. Uh, we already have done the catcher position, and you're going to see four nominees, and there'll be a winner, right? That's how voting works. Usually there's a winner. <laughs> Sometimes there's a tie, but not likely. <laughs> there'll, be a, there'll be a winner. So uh, your guy, MJ Melendez, won the catching award against uh, Adley Rutschman and Francisco Alvarez and Yanni Diaz. Um, and right now the first baseman poll is up. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, who, who you're going to vote for. And then I'll give you kind of my thoughts. We don't need to go into a huge amount of detail just for the sake of time, try to get through all of these positions here. Um, who's your catching prospect of the year? I think it's gotta be MJ Melendez. I mean, you, you hit 40 plus bombs. Uh, as a catcher and that's just kind of that's just kind of how it goes like it's that's your award that's that's all you it's it's like Shohei Otani like you put up the numbers that he's doing like the MVP is yours like it's straight up cut and dry that's it there's no one else no matter what they do 
No matter if they win the Triple Crown, it ain't happening. That award is yours. Yeah, I want to say Adley, but then really the only arguments that I can give to Adley are stuff that this shouldn't really be considered, you know, in terms of pedigree and what, you know, what I think his future is. But if we're looking just on the season, uh, Melendez is yeah. the choice. Yeah, so I would agree with you on that. What about at first base? Right now, the vote is at uh, Tristan Cassis, Nick Prado, Joensky, Noel, and Spencer Torkelson. This is an interesting one because, again, we're not looking at future value. We're looking at who had the best 2021. Yeah, I voted for uh, Nick Prado in this poll. Um, it's... Uh, again, you look at the numbers, and it's just been such a phenomenal season for Prado. That's that's who I had to go with. But Torkelson, you know, does does have some good numbers as well. Um, but I, I think Torkelson is more future value over what he provided this year. I mean, Prado beats him out in, in terms of uh, total bases, home runs, uh, RBIs, stolen bases, uh, way to runs created plus. Uh, more games just beats him out in pretty much every single stat so it's kind of that, that, that's kind of who I went with yeah I think I'm going to disagree again what you just said is like obvious good uh, arguments for Prado but uh, I think the fact that the levels that Torkelson had to get up to and, and the adjustments that he made is more impressive to me than those numbers that you just listed and so to me, I think I would vote for Torkelson here, but it's awfully close. And I definitely, you know, I obviously think the world of Prado is my comeback player of the year. But, uh, you know, the on-base percentage, the stuff that he was doing on the adjustments, making uh, making them on the fly, um, I think my vote would go to Torkelson. But, yeah, awfully close. Let's move on to second base. So, um, again, we don't have the nominees up yet, so we, we, we can't spoil that for you. But... Looking at second base for 2021, um, it's a tough one. Who do you got? Put you on the spot. I'll let you go <laughs> first on these, and I can argue or agree with you. Yeah, I think there's you know a couple of really good nominees. Uh, Nick York of the Red Sox uh, has really had a phenomenal season um, and really kind of proved a lot of doubters wrong. You know, after after he got drafted in the first round, everyone's like, who in the world is Nick York? Uh, and why did they draft him this early? Because no one expected that. Um, but York has really kind of turned himself into a really phenomenal prospect, and he's had a really strong season. Um, uh, you know, the homer guy in me looks at Felix Valerio uh, and what he's done this season, uh, which has been absolutely uh, outstanding um, in, in low A and in uh, high A after he got promoted. Um, but it's really just just been such a good season for Valerio, who was uh, just 18 years old when he came over to the Brewers in the Keon Broxton trade from the Mets a couple of years ago. Um, that was uh, a wild trade. But, I mean, Valerio, you look at what he's done on the season. He's got more walks than strikeouts, which you don't really see much at all. He had some power that came on late. Um, he's got plenty of speed, just 20 years old, um, but uh, 11 home runs uh, he ended the season with, 31 stolen bases, hit 290, uh, had an on-base percentage over 400, um, and just really such a such a strong year. I, I think he's worthy of consideration. Well, I mean, obviously worthy of consideration, but is that your vote for second base prospect of the year? That's the question. I mean, that... There's a little bit of a homerness um, in that, um, so I'm going to uh, abstain uh, from voting at the moment. Um, but there's there's a lot of good contenders there at second base. Yeah, my vote goes to Michael Massey, the another Kansas City Royals prospect, um, a guy who I've always sort of liked and never understood why why people weren't higher on him. Um, he had a great great year. Uh, 21 home runs, 87 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, hit 289. Didn't get promoted at all the whole year, but uh, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. I think he would be my choice for a second baseman prospect of the year. Let's move on, uh, unless you are, are going to finalize a choice for me. No. Okay, great. Third baseman pro- prospect of the year. Uh, to me, this is an easy choice. Um, he was my 
most in, uh, improved player, that's Jose Miranda. I don't even know like what argument you can make for the other ones. I suppose Jordan Walker, the age and everything. But if you just look at the stats, to me, this is a no-brainer, Jose Miranda. What about you? What do you think? I mean, for me, I mean, there, there's still kind of a, a couple of other guys. Um, and, I mean, Josh Young uh, is a guy who's also uh, been – Hall of uh, Famer. Having a, yeah, yeah, future Hall of Famer. You know, I, I got to ride – that hype train uh, as long as I can. But I mean, Young hitting 316 with, you know, 385 on base percentage, 17 homers. Um, you know, that's that's also worthy of, uh, of consideration. So, um, yeah, and he's worked he's done that as a, you know, across double A and triple A. So I, I think he's also worthy of a uh, worthy of some consideration. But you consider it, and then you vote for Jose Miranda. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see when the poll comes out and uh, and where it ends up going. But I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna give anything away, man. No, I'll give it away. I love I love to give things away. Uh, shortstop. I don't think we need to talk about. It's. I mean, our MVP. We're not gonna vote against our MVP, right? <laughs> In Bobby yeah. Witt. Bobby. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be shocked if he doesn't win that. People love Bobby Witt too. Like, there's no reason why any of those other guys would win. You know, I can't see it. In so, a voting uh, contest? No. No. Um, all right, outfield. Now, I see a guy that has already been on our list. So, uh, in Julio and Weimer as well. Um, so, interesting. Weimer's on here, nominated twice. I wonder how that happened. Um, <laughs> Two different people nominating. Yeah, sure. Okay. I put him on there once. I didn't do it twice. David, David and Mr. Gaspard have nominated. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is an interesting one because, you know, if you have to pick one, it gets extremely difficult. If you have to pick three, you know, that gets a little bit easier. Um, as I'm looking at this list, uh, there, there, there's no clear cut guy like there would be in shortstop for me I think you can make a case for Julio but he sure didn't play enough uh or at least as much as these other guys uh Weimer season's incredible Josh Lowe uh Lowe also incredible he might be my choice to be honest Josh Lowe um Zach Veen the power wasn't quite there but the stolen bases were there Brennan Davis had a great year I think my vote actually would go to Josh Lowe um but I'm interested in what your thoughts are on this outfielder prospect of the year vote my vote was actually also going to Josh Lowe um, okay. after we're after we're talking, you know, Julio and, and the others there. Um, look, you know, as long as we haven't talked about. Yeah, Josh Lowe, uh, phenomenal uh, season, you know, for him in triple A hitting 291, uh, 28 doubles, 21 bombs, 26 stolen bases. Um, that's a phenomenal season. That, that, that's just incredible. Um, and, you know, he just kind of got the call up uh, the other day. Uh, went one for one um, in his in his yeah, first. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's got in Yeah, he's he's got two plate appearances. He's got a hit and he's got a walk. So and he's got a stolen base. So off to a great start there uh, for low. And honestly, for for Tampa Bay, I mean they got. I know they traded one away, but they had like they have like three guys with the same spelling of low. One's yeah. pronounced Lau. Okay. One like. Insane how all these guys have the same last name and it's like all these different pronunciations and it's only four letters. Um, but anyways, all these guys are good, too. Uh, and Josh Lowe may end up being uh, the, the best of the bunch. Yeah, very fantasy friendly too. always, I think, mention that when his name comes up. Um, starting pitching. All right. Well, uh, our guys are on here to me. I, I just can't go against Grayson with the strikeout total. Um, I'm assuming that you'll probably pick one of your two as well, uh, unless you're going to change. Are you going to change your, your vote here? Well, I mean, they, I think we're going to end up having a, a couple of uh, yeah, for starting sure. pitcher ones. Um, but, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys worthy of consideration. Um, yeah, Grayson Rodriguez, um, Ethan Small, Yuri Perez, Max Meyer, uh, a lot of different guys there. Shane Baz has also been having a phenomenal season. Um, they could really kind of look at uh, Bryce Elder has done really well. Kate Cavalli uh, certainly had a strong start to the season. 
Uh, so there's a lot of really, really worthy contenders here. But, yeah, hard to really kind of go against our Cy Young picks when they're on this yeah. list. It would kind of discredit what we were saying <laughs> earlier. So yeah. we don't want to do that to ourselves. But um, anyway, yeah, so go ahead and, and follow that Prospects 1500 um, Twitter account at Prospects 1500. I'm, I I got to double check. I can make, I, that's the, the handle, right? I don't remember it off the top. Yeah. I just wanted to it. Yeah. At Prospects 1500, right? Um, follow us too, of course. If you're going to be following people, might as well be following us too, I think. Um, and, and, and vote. It's very interesting because it's so easy to say, oh, this guy is going to be great in the major leagues. And it's obvious that he's, you know, but we're not looking at that. We want to look at who had the best season. And it's, it's difficult as we were talking off air a little bit in that guys are moving up and down levels. We don't have the numbers in front of us. So you kind of have to dig deep here and find out in your opinion, who had the best year? Are you valuing on base percentage? Are you valuing the home runs and RBIs? Like, are you worried about like uh, what they did for their age? Was that impressing you? So it's so many ways that you could take this voting. Um, And the more we can get, I think the better the results are to discuss. And uh, hopefully we can discuss more on the air next week. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on Futures Focus. Again, I'm Alex Sanchez, David Gasper. Really appreciate the support. We're, we're nearing the end of the season. We're trying to get a few more episodes for you. And then, of course, you know, in the offseason, we'll probably slow down a little bit. But uh, we'll still be joining you um, for the offseason and, and discussing our prospects and our lists and all that stuff. There's always stuff to talk about. So for now... Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.